Greetings and welcome to episode number three of the podcast. Today our lessons look at Jesus encouraging humility and service. And we see that definitely in our gospel lesson. Um, see it also in our Old Testament lesson, which is this text for our sermon today. And it's a familiar theme that we've looked at quite a few times here, but boy, it's one that we really need. I, I just think about this world and how ambitions and striving to get ahead is such a such a goal. And what a reminder for us in this ambitious world to humbly serve the Lord. Uh, good reminder for all of us here. If you guys have any questions, um, call. Uh, you can always email me at pastoradzionlutheranreadfield.org. And I'm thinking about ways to enhance the podcast. I'd like to get it out a little bit more. Please, if you're watch, listening to this, uh, share this. Share it on social media uh, with your family and friends. Um, put it up there on the old Facebook share it with other people, get the word out. I'm going to try to I get more of my members on board here as well. So hopefully we'll see some growth here in the podcast. And if we do get some more growth, I'd like to add a few things to it, like maybe, um, you know, do a little interview or something like that with someone uh, before the podcast. Um, have a little more fun with this. This could be, could be interesting. I'd like to build up some people listening first. So... All right, we'll see where this all takes us. Blessings and enjoy the, the Old Testament reading and the sermon. And we'll now look at our scripture lessons for today. You can follow along there in your worship folder. Our first one is really coming from holy ground, you could almost say. Isaiah chapter 53 is perhaps the, the pinnacle of Old Testament prophecy about Jesus. And here in particular, we see that he was a man who would suffer, a man who would be humbled to serve us. This is uh, reflected also in our gospel lesson as Jesus encourages that humility and that service from us as well. Um, our Old Testament lesson, Isaiah 53, will serve as the text for our sermon today. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. This is our first lesson. Our Old Testament lesson will serve as a text for our sermon today, from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 to 12. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, our suffering servant, well, that guy is really ambitious. They're a real go-getter. 
That, that woman really knows how to get the job done. Usually when we talk about someone's ambition, it's a positive thing, right? They, they really know how to accomplish something, right? They can really get things done that need to be done. Sometimes, though, ambition can be something that's bad. Here in our text for today, we see, um, in our Old Testament text for today, we see that uh, Jesus encouraged service. But really, there's ambition for that kind of thing, too. So I guess it depends on what you're ambitious about, is whether that's a good thing or not. In our gospel lesson for today, so not the Old Testament, but in that gospel lesson, we saw James and John. They were ambitious, weren't they? They went to Jesus and they asked to sit at his right hand and his left hand in his glory, which are the two places of honor. So think about that for a second, what they were asking for. They were asking to be placed in the two highest places in heaven, essentially claiming for themselves to be the two most important people who have ever lived. That's really what they were asking. That's quite, a, that's quite a claim, isn't it? I mean, they were pretty important people. And if you doubt that, just think about how many people you know who are named either John or James. It's a lot, isn't it? It's got to be like a quarter of the, of the guys that we know. So they were important people because all those people named John or James are named after them. But they wanted to have that, that highest position. And Jesus uses this as an opportunity to kind of teach them a lesson. To tell them an important lesson about having that highest position really isn't something that you need to seek. But rather to serve the Lord is the ambition that they should be seeking, that they should have. That should be the most important thing for them. And he talks about how the, the, the rulers of the Gentiles, <clears throat> the Gentiles are non-Jewish people. And undoubtedly Jesus was thinking about the rulers of his day, men like Pontius Pilate or Caesar. They were ambitious, and they used their power and their authority to lord it over those who were underneath them, to, to bend people to their will. Caesar Augustus, the guy who was the leader when Jesus was born, was probably the most ambitious person who's really ever lived. But Jesus is not so with you. Don't use your ambition to bend people to your will. Use your ambition to serve the Lord. And I think as Christians, we have a different focus, don't we? Let's mirror the Lord in his ambitions. Let's mirror the Lord in, in the ambition to serve others in humility. Here in our text, we, we see that, don't we? First of all, let's, let's look at that, that humility here in Isaiah chapter 53. You know, really the idea comes up again and again of humility in our Pentecost season. I've talked about this a few times here this summer. And um, it's really a dominant note here in our lessons for today. Isaiah was talking about this suffering servant, you know, how the he would do this, he would do that. Well, this is all a prophecy about Jesus. 
from Isaiah 53, 700 years before Jesus was born. And it says that the Lord would crush him. The Lord would make him suffer. And then the will of the Lord would prosper in his hand. See, he emphasizes that Jesus would submit to the will of others. That idea is not a very popular idea, is it? To submit to the will of others. You know, you don't really see people encouraging that today, do you? In fact, it's quite the opposite. I think most people today really kind of consider it to be your goal is to get other people to do what you want them to do. And I've known people who their very existence was seen to be, that was the main goal of their life, was just to get people to do what they wanted them to do. Jesus says here, not so with you. Think about how Jesus, he was in a position of authority. He was authority over all. He could have demanded that everyone would submit to his will, that everyone would bend to his will. But he didn't do that. He humbled himself and he submitted to his heavenly father's will by becoming poor, by being born uh, of a human, by, by living as one of us in our place, and ultimately by suffering and dying. And all of that was necessary for us to be saved because we need a savior. We have not done a very good job of submitting to the father's will. You know, you look at God's demands for us, and we have not kept those at all. We have said, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to do what I want to do. And the Lord Jesus never did that. He submitted himself perfectly for us in our place. And he did that in our place as our Savior. So what a, what a great thing that we have that Jesus did not use his authority and his power and lord it over others, but he submitted. But maybe you're of the mind, well, I do bend to other people's will sometimes. I, I feel like I do it a lot. I feel like I'm always serving others, putting their needs in front of my own. And, and sometimes we get that mentality of, you know, when you're in traffic and you let someone in ahead of you and the next person, you let them in and you let the next person in. You start to think, well, if I keep letting people in, I'm never going never gonna to go, right? I'm never going to be able to make it. And sometimes we think, too, well, if I keep letting other people have their way and I, and I help them out, what about me? Am I ever going to have a chance to get my way? Is there going to be enough for me left over? And that's when we got to look at what Jesus has done. Jesus has already given us all that we need and more in this life. And I think that's, that's a hard thing to really wrap your mind around. That really this world has nothing to offer us. And that Jesus has already given us all that we need. The writer Asaph in Psalm 73 hints on that when he says, that this earth has nothing that I desire but you, Lord. And I think that helps us to, to allow others to have their way and, and to submit to one another in love, as Christian love. 
recognizing that we don't have to worry. Is there going to be enough for me? Because we've already gotten all that we need in the Lord. That's what true humility is. And I think when you, when you talk about that subject of humility, you, you have to also look at suffering. And that's a big element there in Isaiah chapter 53. In a few verses, it talks about how Jesus suffered. It says there that the Lord crushed him. The Lord caused him to suffer. And it talks about the suffering of his soul. You know, Jesus asked the disciples if they were able to drink from the cup that he would drink of or be baptized with the baptism that he was baptized with. What that's talking about there is, you know, are you able to suffer as I have suffered? And he recognized that they would, they would suffer. They would suffer with him. And really, that all Christians will suffer with the Lord to different degrees. And that suffering comes to all of us in one way or another. Imagine you have two people. Both of them are paralyzed and in a wheelchair. One of them was paralyzed in a wheelchair because they went into a burning building to, to save someone. And they were injured from that. And you got the next person sitting in a wheelchair. They were drunk driving. And they hit a car. or they, I'm sorry, they hit a, a tree and were paralyzed because of that. Now they both are in the same position, but we have to say they're in, in that position for very different reasons, aren't they? And I think suffering comes to all people on this earth in one way or another. But I guess the question that makes it maybe different for a Christian is to why do we suffer? I mean, do we want to, why are the reasons why we want to suffer? We want to suffer, I guess, if we're going to suffer, it's for doing good, serving others, showing love. And sometimes there will be suffering that comes with it. And Jesus even says that that will happen. Yeah, you will drink from this cup that I drink of. But we don't have to be afraid. For the Lord, he will watch over us and protect us. Just as he did with his disciples, so he does with us too. God wants us to have ambition. But ambition to serve others in humility. But we also have to talk about that, that serving here. Isaiah 53 talks about that serving others. Here Jesus is described as serving others in that Isaiah passage. It says there that, he made intercession for the transgressors. That was at the end. And I have to admit, that, that is um, a difficult phrase there. Intercession for the transgressors. Basically what he's saying is that Jesus went to bat for sinners. Jesus showed support for those who were sinners. He supports us. Do you often go to bat for others? Now, answer that in two different ways. I think sometimes maybe we struggle with that, supporting others, because all too often that sinful nature lurks in us that says, me first. But I imagine many of us do support others. And the question comes then, 
how does the person who is always supporting others, how do they receive support themselves? Ever think of that? You know, what do the what does a therapist do who, who needs therapy? You know, maybe you're a person whom everyone goes to with their problems, and you're the you're the, the ear that listens to what other people are, if they're having a trouble in their life and they, they want, and they come to you because you are the, the one that can listen. But now the question comes, where do you go to when you have troubles? When you need to talk? That's a real issue, isn't it? Where do the supporters receive support from? And that's where Jesus comes in too. Because Jesus is the great supporter of the supporters. We have received all the support that we need from him. Here he tells us to, to go to him and to find help in him. Go to the Lord and he will hear you. He will give you the support that you need. I think sometimes we, we worry about that. You know, if I'm always supporting others, how am I going to be supported? How am I going to be helped if I'm Helping others. Well, Jesus has helped us in the greatest way we could possibly need. That hope of eternal life. Here in Isaiah 53, even though this was written, like I said, hundreds of years before Jesus was even alive, we're introduced with the idea of how Jesus would help us the most. How Jesus would serve us the very most says here in our text that he would um, that he would pour out his life unto death so we're given a prediction here in Isaiah that the Messiah would die for all of mankind and of course it's a prediction that we saw see fulfilled now with our hindsight you know you think about life life is a precious thing isn't it it's sort of the, the great you know, unifier. It doesn't matter if you are wealthy or poor. It doesn't matter what race you belong to or what your ideology is. Life is one thing that we all have. And it is precious to all people. Sometimes you hear people talking about, oh, well, that life isn't as valuable as another life because of their quality of life. But we see in Scripture that all life is precious and a gift from God. It's an important thing. And here we see that Jesus poured out his life unto death. Now, we probably all know people who, preserve, who want to preserve their life at all costs. And, you know, I think that's kind of understandable in a sense, right? Even the Apostle Paul tried to walk that tightrope where he realized that, you know, there was a great deal of blessing that he could have in living. He could live for the Lord, but he also recognized that there was gain in dying for the Lord, too. But I think we also probably know some people who, for them, the life is, is, is everything and that they will do bad things to preserve that life and, and to make it last just a little bit longer, they will compromise their values. Here we see that there is something that is more important than, than life itself, 
And that is life eternal with the Lord. Maybe many in this world don't recognize that. For many of this life is, is all that there is, the be all and the end all. But we live with something beyond this life, a hope for all eternity. And it's amazing to see that Jesus realized that there's something more precious than, than just his life. He wanted to ensure that there would be eternal life for all of his believers. And that was the love of Christ. How he served us by offering up his life even unto death. For a moment, just contemplate that, that love that we have in Christ. What he was willing to do. How he served us. How he used his ambition to serve us. And now let us also for a moment think about our own ambitions. What we are ambitious for. As we look to eternity, as we look to heaven, where we can go and spend all of eternity with our Lord, where we get to see Jesus, to meet him, to be with him, to be with those who have passed away before us, those who have died in the Lord, to be reunited with our loved ones for all eternity, to have every tear wiped from our eyes, every sorrow removed from our hearts. I think that knowledge helps us set our, our ambitions on the Lord. Ambitions not of lording our power and authority over others, but instead of humility and service. May we now have that ambition. May we now be ambitious for the Lord. Amen.